She Can Talk, Art Podcast, Episode 2, Jean Shin. Hi guys, welcome to She Can Talk. This is our second episode, so if you missed the first and the intro, I'll just give you a tiny bit of background. We are three generations of family. There's me, Jade, my mum, Julie, and my grandma, Shirley. And we all produce artwork in different mediums and have very different tastes in art. And this podcast will basically just be us three getting together and discussing art and artists that we like. So yeah, this is episode two. And mum, just remind everyone who we're discussing today. So it's my turn this week to um, talk about an artist. And I've picked Jean Shin because I studied her when I was at university. She's known for her huge installations using cast-off materials such as pill bottles, plastic bottles, records. And as a recycling artist, I'm just really interested in her work. She's not just recycling things. She's looking at our consumption, the complete waste that we're getting rid of every single day. Oh, like that pill bottle piece that she did, um, where she made like stalactites and stalagmites out of empty pill bottles. Yeah, well, that's really interesting, isn't it? Because it's not just about recycling things or not recycling things. It's actually about what medication we're having to take. I also love the way that she says herself in the video on YouTube that she's creating a second life for those items other people have cast aside. So it's like, they're of no use to anyone, they're dead. But here, let's give them something else. Let's make them a piece of artwork. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's a wonderful idea. The whole thing is thought-provoking. Yeah, because it is all stuff that anyone else would just consider rubbish. It's actually really clever, isn't it? Because it is. she's doing that and she's actually, it's probably costing her very little as well. Yeah, she's making free art. <laughs> so she's, she's made three really good pieces um, for the uh, Crow Museum of Asian Art. They asked her to, to make a, a piece there and she looked at her family, because obviously her family come from Asia, and she looked at the sort of art that they enjoy and they, they love the pottery and they love the uh, ceramic work, the vases. So she got in touch with a company, you know, in Korea and asked them and said, you know, what do you do with the broken pots that don't make it, you know? And they just get thrown away. They just get dumped. So she asked if she could have them. And a whole massive amount was sent over to her. And she's made, um, she's used some in a, a mosaic She's used some for the outdoor pot, beautifully done um, piece of artwork that's about in, outside of the art gallery. And then inside, she's actually sort of got, I think it's perspex, but, or glass, maybe it's glass, cases. And she's layered these shards of broken pottery in it. And with that, like, somebody has already put that time and effort in to make the vase. That's right. And it will have been a piece of beauty, but there will have been a flaw somewhere. Each piece of that is still being delicately painted and glazed, and yet it gets smashed and thrown away. And they're all just rubbish. She said that she actually likes the weight, weight and burden of this, especially the pieces inside, because they're very heavy pieces to move from one place to another. And she said it kind of takes the burden of that trash away by making it into a piece of artwork. So it's, it's beautiful, a feeling behind it, not just the, the nice piece of artwork that she's made, but that feeling behind it of being um, something that's being given this new life and it's no longer a, a heavy piece of trash that's just to be thrown away. It's something beautiful. That's really nice. It, it's just so clever. Um, I want to talk about the maze piece that she did. 
it was made from plastic bottles and it was inspired by like the landscape of farms and things and she had community volunteers help her make it it was based on the idea that so much plastic isn't recycled and it really should be so i think the idea behind it was that she was showing the effects of the plastic waste on the environment yeah but i think it was the idea that the people she was getting involved to make the installation were becoming aware of the waste that that they themselves were producing exactly i think that's what it was about uh, for those people that haven't seen it it's really really beautiful it's made from like all green plastic bottles and it's it, you can walk through it and it's really nice and obviously then in the context of an exhibition she's involving another audience again and obviously online you're involving another audience again yeah so hopefully a message is getting out there to an awful lot of people um another piece i'd like to talk about is chance city um if you haven't seen it it's it's made from lottery tickets and it's like buildings human kind of height um all built out of lottery tickets oh, i'm glad you brought that one up i think it's absolutely fascinating this because it was created before the pandemic and yet it's so relevant to what's going on now in the world you know there's there's economies just crashing everywhere and that's really what it's all about, the fragility of our economy, the fragility of the buildings, and to have this sort of pile that has been built one by one on top of another. It's like your society, isn't it, that's been painstakingly put together. There was no glue used either, was there? It's literally just held up by gravity. That's it. And look how, look how our society is held up the same way. Look how fragile we all are. There's such depth... In, in all her installations, they're all so thought-provoking because it, you, you can identify with them yourself and you end up going in even deeper than she went into it because you, you identify it to your experiences. She's very clever, isn't she? Very. Yeah, I think there was like $25,000 worth of losing lottery tickets that she used. Yes. The aspect that I got from it before actually researching it just from knowing it was made of lottery tickets, was all those people that invested money. Some of those people, it'll be like their last dollar or yeah. Yeah. money they should be spending on food. Took that chance. They've took that chance. In the hope of making things better. Yeah. And then got nothing. And it's, it's what life's about though, isn't it? Life's all about chance. You know, every decision you make, is it going to be the right decision? And it, it's all epitomised in that in that one structure that's, um, that shows how fragile it all is. Yeah. But the actual, the economy didn't even occur to me until, obviously, you brought it up and then it seems so relevant to now. It is, and it's not just economy. You know, though, that struck, those structures of lottery tickets could be people. And look at the number of people who have gone because of this pandemic. Yeah. The number of people who are just holding on financially as well. Or not yes. holding on financially. Yeah, just trying to survive. So the whole thing, it is, it's, I think it goes beyond the actual structure that she's put there. And she, she was quite right in what she said. But because of what's going on in the world right now, it goes even further. It's just so real and so fragile that the whole thing with one little breeze going through the place, could tumble down. So that's one of my favourites. I really love that. Anything else we want to mention about her? I quite like the way that she even began to be an installation artist. In the very first piece she ever did, they were cut-offs of jeans at the bottom. Oh, I don't think I've seen that. Well, it was her very first one. I don't know what year that was done in, but there are, you can see photographs of it on the internet. And... She'd been talking about how none of us actually prescribed to the sort of 
sizing that manufacturers offer. All these bits had been cut off different jeans and she she collected them off people. And she said, you know, she's quite small and she always has to shorten. She can never get anything short enough. So she doesn't fit in. She expanded that then and said that that also relates to her family because her parents, I think she said they were professors. Um, and when they came to America, like many... Oh, yeah, I remember reading about this. They they couldn't take um, the same kind of job, could they, in America? They just had to take anything they could get. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you fit in with whatever's there, whatever the society is offering you, and you make the best of it. And her parents did. They, they ended up opening a store, and it's thanks to them that she was able to then become an artist, you know. But they went to something completely different. They were willing to do whatever they could just to survive, really. And it just shows how people have to try and fit to their circumstances and to the culture rather than what their own is. And it that all came from looking at genes. <laughs> it's quite fantastic, really. She's got an amazing brain to just think of the things that she thinks of. When I was doing my GCSEs, obviously you, Mum, had um, studied Jean Shin at university. Yeah. It was my A-levels, sorry, my A-levels. Um, you made me study her. And for my final piece, um, I was adamant <laughs> that I was doing a recycling project oh, because I'd looked I at all these. I can't remember how many times I tried to tell you not to go in that direction. <laughs> <laughs> but I was 100% I was doing it. And oh. I had in my head that I was going to make this, like, this bin, but having these big cascading <laughs> waves of different types of rubbish coming out of them and it, in my head it was really amazing and really beautiful and my teacher kept saying that's going to be rubbish and I kept thinking he was like Bum-tsh, like <laughs> making a recycling joke but when I made the final piece it was rubbish and he was like I told you it wasn't going to work and I was like oh I thought you were joking <laughs> And it was probably the worst thing I've ever made. Yeah, as you were constructing it, I was trying to tell you that it wasn't really working. So I think that's pretty much probably all we've got to say about Jean Shim for now. To sum up, she's very, very clever and her work is beautiful. So if you don't know it, please check her out. Um, Now, please, please remember... I mean, it's pretty obvious anyway, but please remember that we are not experts. Please don't quote us, especially not in your A-levels or something, because you will probably fail like I did. (laughs) So next time, it's Gran's turn to choose an artist, and I think she said she's going to do Sue Hotchkiss. Is that right, Gran? Yeah, yeah. Okay, fab. So let's get researching, Mum. So guys, be sure to listen next time to hear us talking about a fab textile artist. Thanks for listening.